My guest today is the solo marketer for a polymer seals company that's primarily focused in the automotive market. But as you'll hear through the episode, his early career was in the music industry. And when he made the switch, it was quite challenging to learn all things about marketing while at the same time ramping up on the technical solutions the company offers. You'll find out about the information sources he used then and he uses now to stay abreast with the ever-changing world of marketing. Let's do this. Welcome to Content Marketing Engineered, your source for building trust and generating demand with technical content. Here is your host, Wendy Covey. Hi, and welcome to Content Marketing Engineered. On each episode, I'll break down an industry trend, challenge, or best practice in reaching technical audiences. You'll meet colleagues, friends, and clients of mine who will stop by to share their stories. And I hope that you leave each episode feeling inspired and ready to take action. Before we jump in, I'd like to give a brief shout out to my agency, True Marketing. True is a full service agency located in beautiful Austin, Texas, serving highly technical companies. For more information, visit truemarketing.com. And now on with our podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Content Marketing Engineered. I'm here with Sam Morgan. He's the sales and marketing specialist for Morgan Polymer Seals. Welcome, Sam. Hi, Wendy. Thanks for having me. I am thrilled to have this discussion today. I know our audience is going to get a lot out of what you have to share. Uh, So let's start off by just learning a little bit more about your company and your role. Sure. Well, Morgan Polymer Seals is a 25-year-old OEM, automotive OEM supplier. So we make rubber gaskets and seals that go into cars. Uh, We supply to big OEMs like Ford and GM, and then we also supply to the tier ones that supply to the OEMs. So all said, we ship about 100 million parts per year. Um, And again, mostly it's, it's automotive. So really cool business to be part of. And yeah, my dad started it in 1997. 97. Okay. And where were you in 97? How old were you? I was uh, 13, 14 years old. Yeah. When he started okay. the company, we had, we had just got a home uh, in San Diego. I remember he set up like one small little press uh, to, to make parts in the garage. And I would go in there after school and I would uh, make uh, parts, rubber parts while doing my homework, trying to save up money to buy a camcorder. So I was one of the first, <laughs> first employees. And, and I love that it's, it's all about the camcorder or whatever. <laughs> yeah, everybody had their goals. Uh, I was, yeah, I was, a, I was a Spielberg in the making for sure. Yeah. Nice, nice. I, I remember my first Sony Walkman. Walkman? Walkman? <laughs> Walkman, yeah. Walkman, yeah. Yeah, good, good times. <laughs> well, what do you do with the company? Sure. Well, uh, like you said, sales and marketing specialist. I feel like really my job is to support our sales team and to support our marketing uh, but reading between the lines, you can probably tell I'm, I'm also the one person marketing team. So uh, when there are I first, a lot of those going around in are, our industry. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. There's enough tools now where you can kind of effectively do it. But yeah, a few years ago, probably two and a half years ago, um, my background for over 10 years was in advertising. So I used to be in advertising, mostly selling digital ad campaigns to enter com- entertainment companies like music, record labels, uh, TV and film companies. And did that for a number of years. Uh, and then a couple of years ago, my dad started talking to me about some of the challenges at his company. And uh, I said, well, I could probably help with a few of these things. I have some experience here. And one thing kind of led to another thing. And then pretty soon it's a few things. And then before I know it, I'm really pretty much trying to 
create a marketing department where there really wasn't one before. So um, I see my job as creating resources and tools to help educate our customers and also giving our salespeople, you know, some really useful stuff to take into meetings. And then also all the inbound stuff, which I know we'll talk about, but that's kind of brand new. And so I've been had to kind of give myself a, a, a makeshift degree in inbound marketing in the last couple of years. So that that's a pretty dramatic shift to go from the music industry to automotive manufacturing and then yeah. to go from advertising to learn about inbound. So tell me about it. Step me through your process. How did you ramp up on both of those things simultaneously? Yeah, well, first of all, coming into a company, especially something in manufacturing where there's a lot of engineers, there's a lot of engineering customers. Um, when, when I looked around the industry, I saw that uh, to some extent, um, there wasn't a lot of real style. There wasn't a lot of real like um, concise messaging. So first what I did is I just took a look at what we had and said, how can we just make these things look good? How can we just make them a little better? So, you know, refreshing the website, creating like a proper presentation deck. And then I realized very quickly that um, since I graduated from Cal Poly in 2004 with a marketing degree, everything about marketing had changed, right? So like there, there was really nothing. <laughs> everything. Uh, Don't get me wrong. My degree has paid off. Yeah. The education was useful. But so what I did as I, actually is I started educating myself and I got this book. Uh, the new rules of marketing and PR, and this is probably I think the 80th, sixth edition. So this book uh, is kind of where I started, and actually the impetus for getting this book was because I wanted to start doing press releases, and I didn't know how to write press releases or where to even start. So I think that's when I, that was my Google search started there, and then it led me to this book. And so that was when I basically cracked the book open and started giving myself an education on what is, you know, what is marketing in 2021? Like what is the most effective way to spend your money and your time? That's interesting that you started um, in your role, maybe thinking a little more tactically, but then as you've grown, you're really pulling out and saying, wait, how, how do all these activities fit together? What is my strategy? Where yep. should I be allocating budget? That's what I'm yeah. hearing in that. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Now at the same time, I mean, I know that, that you were in the garage helping dad and when you were younger, but there's a big gap there. You worked in the music industry. How have you ramped up on the technical aspects of what your company does, the solutions they offer and the types of customers you have? Well, again, it didn't help much to look at what the competition was doing. Um, at least in our industry still, you know, it's a technical industry, but I don't really feel like it's an industry that's completely embraced inbound marketing. So once I started reading and researching and seeing, and seeing that, you know, we need to adopt an inbound strategy. And obviously once I found uh, content marketing, you know, which I've got your book here too, Content Marketing Engineer, this All one right. helped me out. But <laughs> so once I found Wendy and I, I found your company, um, I started downloading, you know, your guys' articles and educating myself on what it is. And frankly, um, again, like the first year when I was just kind of helping out as a consultant, I had my idea of the stuff that we were doing was right. And then by year two, I had thrown out most of that and realized I wasn't doing it. I wasn't doing it embarrassingly wrong, but I was getting close to right. Yeah. So I feel like in the last two and a half years is just almost every month has been me trying to learn as I go. So I've been basically trial and error, um, uh, learning about what inbound marketing is, what content I should be creating, figuring out who our customer is, what it is they want. 
and then trying to create that content. But it's been just a process of trial and error, to be honest. Yeah. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and with the tools we have these days, you can measure more than ever before. And so it's, it's you know, with those trials, you have data, you have feedback, feedback and you can, you know, um, just continue to perfect as you go. Yeah, and the challenge absolutely too has been not only educating myself, but also battling, you know, kind of the imposter syndrome of feeling like I don't belong here. So um, I kind of joked with my dad early on, when we started working together. I said, you know, probably the worst thing about hiring me to do your marketing is that I'm a complete outsider. You know, I didn't grow up in the rubber industry with rubber in my veins and that whole thing, even though I did grow up with my, my dad starting the company and, and me visiting the plant and having some experience being around it. Um, so I came in feeling already like an outsider. Then I also joked them, well, maybe also the best thing about hiring me is that I'm an outsider. So I'm not just going to look at the website of your competition and say, oh, that let's just do that. Um, right. But in fact, I was actually trying to almost start from scratch, educate myself about who we are, what our goals are, who our customer is, what it is they really need and what they want, and then build content from there. So it was kind of a, it was a big, big challenge to learn um, and to, and to, like I said, sort of fend off that imposter syndrome. Yeah. And extra eyes on you too, as the founder's son, I'm sure yeah. that maybe people didn't cut you as many breaks or did people give you special consideration? Which, which way does it work? <laughs> I, I think it's all just the pressure you put on yourself. Like, okay. I, I think there's some, there's some maybe misunderstanding that if you're working for a family business and you're the founder's son, that you, you must have sort of a get out of jail free card. Um, but the truth is, whether it's there or not, you feel a lot more scrutiny. You know, you yeah. feel a lot more, not, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but you feel a ton of accountability to make sure you're spending the money right, to make sure that you're making good decisions. That said, my dad's form of management is to let people rise and fall on their own, to, to give them the freedom to try things and make mistakes. That's why the company is so successful. I mean, he said, he reminds me of this all the time. Um, when I first started working with him, he would, he would say to me kind of jokingly, he would just look at me and say, well, Sam, just don't mess it up. And, <laughs> That's all. And he, he's, saying that both, he's saying that both completely sincerely and with a little bit of humor. But yeah. honestly, I think about that all the time, which, you know, for me, what I take from that is try things and, and do your best and just start. But don't sit back waiting for someone to tell you what to do. Don't sit back waiting for someone to approve. Um, but just start. And so uh, it's been it's been really cool working in a family company, but it's also completely different than any job I've had before where I had like a boss, you know, right. when I was in sales and you just got your number, just hit your number. Um, so this is a little bit different. You know, I, I think there's a takeaway to for managers to allow their staff to try things, to fail forward, to experiment. So I, I, I like I think that's good advice, too, there. Um, were there mentors that helped you within the company ramp up or were good people for you to bounce ideas off of? Yeah. So my older brother, Sean, he's our chief revenue officer. And um, he worked for Morgan Polymer back in the early days and then kind of took off to have his own journey working for these big international massive ceiling companies. Um, and then now he's back working at Morgan Polymer. But all along, he's kind of the main person that I can I can always trust to talk to because he is not only family uh, and he makes himself available to me, but he's very much like, I mean, he is a rock star in the industry. So 
a lot of times, like if I have, if I have a question that I could have taken to my dad, he'd probably just say, just do whatever Sean says. Which nice, do. nice. So, and, and then again, frankly, also like Mark Conley, our head of engineering, um, Todd Teske, our VP of sales, my cousin, Thomas Morgan is one of our design engineers. Now, um, these people have all made themselves available. So whether it's, you know, when I've got a, like, I've been learning about our business again from scratch and so much of its chemistry, because we're talking about rubber. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not a chemist. This is, this is not my, <laughs> this is not my comfort zone. So I'm constantly having to go to them to get information. But then in terms of mentorship for the actual marketing work, again, it's been partnering up with your company. It's been just diving into all the resources available online that can give you some guidelines, how to do it. It's kind of been a combination of somewhat self-teaching based on the resources online for how to do inbound mixed with just as much as they'll let me going to the folks that work for us and just saying, tell me what your challenges are. Tell me what our customers want. Tell me about our products. Tell me what works and what doesn't. So it's been, I mean, beyond a team effort. I can't imagine how bad this stuff would have been if I wouldn't try to write it myself. (laughs) And I appreciate how receptive it sounds like your internal leadership has been to you coming with questions and, you know, just being open with their knowledge. Um, Have have you in turn done a lot of education on inbound marketing now that you've been on this journey for a few years? Yeah. I mean, not only have I had to educate myself, but in order to get executive sponsorship in order to have my dad and the the really skilled people that have been running this company for 25 years to be on board with it. Um, I have to not only understand it myself, but I have to understand it enough to kind of explain it to them so that they understand the importance of what I'm doing. It can't be just a uh, good job, kid. You got us another article in a trade journal. Here's your gold star. Everything that I'm doing, every dollar I spend, every hour I spend has to go towards building revenue at the company. And so um, it's been really cool. I think watching again, I don't think anyone was had a bad attitude about it from the beginning, but we're talking about people that I mean, our leadership team, almost all of them have worked at the company like since the beginning. Right. So I was having to take a company that was very good at what they've been doing for the last 25 years and just say, well, let's let's flex a little bit looking to the future. Let's have um, a sales strategy that's not just an outbound strategy where we're knocking on doors or you know calling folks. Let's think about this in a different way. I think it took everyone maybe a minute to see the importance of it. But now that we've been starting to get some inbound leads and now that there have been some real connections and opportunities made because of this work, it doesn't take very long for people to say, oh yeah, this works. Let's keep doing it. Great. So it sounds like you have ways to measure ROI and you're tracking those leads over time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the, that virtuous cycle is going to get everybody so much more excited about inbound marketing as that engine keeps turning faster over That's time. Right. Yeah. And it's not, you know, as you know, adopting an inbound strategy from where there wasn't one, it's not an overnight thing, right? So you don't get that buzz yeah. of like, you don't write one case study and then the next day have some bonanza of people saying, here's millions of dollars, please. You mail. don't? What? I thought it was that easy, Sam. That, what are you talking so about? Far, so far. <laughs> That'd make me look good. But no, I think our expectations are reasonable. You know, again, I think I think um, the folks that are, are you know, historically been leading the company, they, they see the benefit of taking a long-term approach to sales. So um, instead of just saying, well, let's hire five more people and, you know, again, throw more bodies at revenue, um, saying, how can we essentially have these tools working for us 24 hours a day? Um, and it's a process. It's, it's a, it's a long, it's a long-term strategy. It's not a short-term thing. Okay. Well, as you reflect back on the past two years and in your big ramp up, 
what what are some tools that you found yourself addicted to or uh, favorite mm. projects that you've done? Sure. Um, well, first of all, before I started partnering with True, I was doing it by myself. And one of the first things that I asked True to help me with was to audit my own work. So whether you hire an agency or whether you have a friend do it, I don't, whatever it is, be willing to let other people tell you what you're doing, good, bad, and ugly. Um, try to not have a chip on your shoulder and be too precious about the stuff you've written or the stuff you've made. Um, some of the feedback I got right away early on was, hey, you've got the right idea in this marketing stuff that you're writing, these videos you're making, but right now it feels a little fluffy. It feels a little bit too surfacy. If you really want to appeal to engineers or to purchasing directors, which most of them have an engineering background, you got to get a little more technical. Um, so some of the tools, again, were frankly just research, research, research. Go online, search for the subjects, which you're trying to educate yourself about and learn. And then from there, go to the experts within your own company. Um, in terms of actual tools, again, I keep it pretty simple. I'm using Squarespace for our website. It's possible that I'll probably upgrade to HubSpot fairly soon because now we're getting a lot more robust in the site, but Squarespace has been great. I'm using HubSpot for contacts. So now when people go to our website and you reach out to us, we can track it and we can we can actually see those come in and, and have them automatically, uh, you know, turn into marketing leads. Um, some of this stuff, again, maybe it's just exciting to me, but Canva, uh, which Canva is, is exciting to the world. It's a really, intuitive, <laughs> really intuitive design platform. So if you're like yeah. me and you you know you have to do some graphic design. So early on, I was hiring out all of design. And it was frustrating because I'm getting back professional work, but every time I have a note or an edit, I'm emailing them and then the person's emailing me back and just the money and the times builds up, builds up. So for anybody who doesn't know who's living under a rock, Canva, it's basically like being able to have like a Photoshop or Illustrator, except something that's easy to learn. Um, so that's been a great tool for me as the, again, kind of a one person marketing department. Um, I love using Grammarly for my writing. Grammarly is just, again, an online writing tool that helps to edit your writing, not only for grammar and kind of obvious mistakes, but also for writing style. So you can set goals like, well, this, this one needs to be kind of an academic tone, very professional. This one's more general, more neutral. So it kind of helps you to write, uh, which I love. Um, again, read books. <laughs> you know, I know it sounds simple, but just like read marketing books. Um, this other one I got to that I thought was great, this book called Start With Why. So kind of about storytelling. So even though, you know, again, I'm doing marketing for a manufacturing company that supplies to the automotive industry. In some ways, this is like the most traditional possible uh, industry out there where usually the answer is, how should we do it? Let's do it like we did last year because we don't work. <laughs> and, and the number one thing you don't want is for something to go wrong because it was new. And then there's a a warranty issue. And then there's, you know, so um, start with why and a lot of these books uh, about storytelling, um, I think it still applies to a technical industry. So I've been trying to use tools that both teach me how to write technically, but also teach me how to write compelling uh, story and compelling narrative. So kind of a mix. And then again, the last thing I would say is just don't be too precious when someone says you did it wrong or, or, or you don't know what you're doing yet. Um, when you had your episode about like the top six reasons why the marketing person is not respected within their company. And I think the number one thing was, well, you just don't understand your product or you don't understand what's going on in your company. Yeah. That really rang true to me. Um, so just be diligent about learning and be willing, like you said, 
kind of to fail and to get up and try again. And you're never going to know it as well as your technical folks within your company. So, you know, you're not aspiring to that level, but certainly a level where you can talk to customers, you can give your elevator pitch, you understand the acronyms. So there's, you know, at least uh, something beyond just the surface level there. That's absolutely right. Yeah. You don't want to embarrass yourself in front of someone. You want to be able to speak, you know, knowledgeably, but yeah, there's no way I'll ever get up to the level of like our, our Mark Conley, our director of engineering has been doing this for 40 years. I mean, you know, no. No chance. and if you did, you wouldn't be doing your marketing job, right? Correct. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned manufacturing being a very traditional, like it's, it's hard to be the disruptive force and, right. and, I was talking with someone just yesterday about um, Jeffrey Moore and uh, Crossing the Chasm. Is that a book you've run across, Sam? I've not. I've heard of it, though. I don't know if it was maybe you or one of your guests recommended it, but yes. Yeah, that's another good one. It's been around uh, a long time, but the principles, even if you just looked up uh, the, the adoption curve, it talks about how you have you know, people who are really excited technologists and they're willing to take all the arrows in the back of things don't work perfect. And because it's new technology and it's disruptive. And then there's this huge chasm before you get to the rest of the world, right? Where that you have the early and late majority where these people want to see that it's proven technology. They want to see case studies. They want to see specs, you know, see that that solution worked in action. And then you have finally the laggards that won't switch away from something they've always done really no matter what. And yeah. so it's a really good principle to, to apply to your personas, you know, and know which they are and how to write to that person. So, so yeah, funnily enough, I think with our customers, it's still a bit of a mix. Um, I think that you've got uh, some folks that simply want whatever was done last year. A lot of people, though, are definitely interested in what's new. And even if they can't, you know, I don't know, always get something approved that's brand new, like. Again, when you're supplying to automotive, it's all about having your materials approved. It's mm-hmm. all about having approval, 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 approval. Um, but that said, the way in which we make things can still be cutting edge. Yeah. Um, our ability to keep internal scrap to a bare minimum, to be incredibly cost effective. Um, that, those kinds of things, you, you, can all, you can invent new ways to do that as you go. And that doesn't really disrupt your ability to still be the tried and true, you know, part of the tried and true product. Yeah. It's not always the product. Sometimes it's about the delivery of the product or the service behind it. That is the difference maker. I mean, look at Uber versus getting a cab. (laughs) It's all about the experience, right? The product's still the same. It gets you from point A to point B. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Well, Sam, what parting advice do you have for other manufacturing marketers that are new to the technical industry, trying to ramp up, feeling overwhelmed? What lifeline would you throw to them? Um, well, if hopefully if you're lucky and you're in a situation where the people that you're working with aren't expecting some sort of incredible bonanza of new business overnight, um, I would say, first of all, be patient. Um, be patient. Uh, Keep checking yourself, keep checking your work, keep collaborating. But in general, I guess when you're feeling that imposter syndrome, just remind yourself that you're doing the work. I mean, you're you're learning something that is itself essentially kind of brand new. Again, I've got a marketing degree. I worked in advertising and marketing for over 10 years, and yet this is still completely essentially new to me. So I guess maybe go easy on yourself. Go a little bit easy on yourself. And um 
and just keep at it. Persistence and patience and humility, I guess. And, and, and along with that, it sounds like continue to keep up with the trends because it's going to change again. You know, we oh. may feel really smart on the marketing front right now, but you know, wait two years, <laughs> it'll all change again. It's going to all change again. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, stay educated, listen to podcasts like content marketing engineer, know, know what it is your customers are listening to um, and ask them. You know, it's, it's not always, you know, I don't think the first thing you ask someone is, so how did you hear of us? And how, you know, I don't think you need to be like that, but talk to customers and get to know them. I think so often during a customer visit, the idea is, well, we can't wait to get in and tell them about us. You know, here's a 40 uh, slide presentation all about us. I mean, what a mistake. Ask your customers about them. Talk to them. Yeah, think how much you'll uncover by doing it that way. That's right. So I think one thing my dad has always led by example with is just that humility. You know, like he, he's now at the point where he's like, yeah, of course I want our stuff to look good. But when we go into a talk to a, a customer, if we come in looking like we're just the coolest kids in town with everything figured out, customers smell that and they don't like that, you know, have some, have some humility about what you're doing. So I think um, being, being willing to change and then keep changing, I guess. Love it. Um, well, Sam, where can people connect with you and learn more about Morgan Polymer Seals? Sure. So morganpolymerseals.com. It's M-O-R-G-A-N-P-O-L-Y-M-E-R-S-E-A-L-S.com. Um, from there, you can watch some videos I've produced that kind of show off what we do in rubber injection molding and plastic molding, transfer molding. Um, we have a really cool vision inspection system we've kind of invented. So I'm really proud of some of these tools and um, some of these some of these innovations we've made for our customers. And and I also love to talk about marketing. So if anyone has the guts to go on the website and reach out to me directly, I'll I'll chat with you. I'm an open book. Great. Yes, you are. And I really appreciate you just sharing your experience and the ups and downs of how these past few years have been for you. And I'm excited to watch your journey from here and what great things you guys do. Well, really, thanks, Wendy, for doing the podcast, because every time I listen to an episode, I'm reminded that it's kind of normal people like me that are trying to figure this out every day. And it does help to make me feel, you know, I guess a little more motivated to, to keep to keep at it. So thanks for doing what you do. Good. We're all in this together. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for joining me today on Content Marketing Engineered. For show notes, including links to resources, visit truemarketing.com slash podcast. While there, you can subscribe to our blog and our newsletter and order a copy of my book, Content Marketing Engineered. Also, I would love your reviews on this podcast. So please, when you get a chance, Subscribe and leave me your review on your favorite podcast subscription platform. Thanks and have a great day.